Your eyes and your vision are under attack, damaging blue light from the sun. Your phone, your computer, your tablet, even light bulbs and car headlights is constantly bombarding you. The good news is our eyes actually already have a line of defense to counter the effects of blue light. This defense is made up of three pigments called carotenoids. MacuHealth with Micromycel, the only supplement with the exclusive patent on all three macular carotenoids and Micromycel technology. With more screen usage and indoor time, myopia, also known as nearsightedness, is increasing and getting worse in children. Now, certified eye doctors can prescribe MySight one day, the first and only FDA-approved soft contact lens to slow myopia progression in age-appropriate children. Visit coopervision.com to find a Brilliant Futures certified eye doctor near you. Do your patients know what presbyopia is? There are people who are afraid of the press. Have you talked to your patients about multifocal contact lenses? I've heard the bifocal, but not right, multifocal. Exactly. Do you need help with your multifocal strategy? Learn more at the conclusion of this episode. Good morning, I'm Dr. Kerry Gelb, and welcome to Open Your Eyes Radio. Please listen as I discuss the newest information in the world of health, nutrition, and sports every Saturday morning, 9 a.m. 9 a.m. Central Time on AM 1280 The Patriot. Also, please share your thoughts by emailing me at drkerrygelb at gmail.com. That's D-R-K-E-R-R-Y-G-E-L-B at gmail.com. We're talking with Dr. Gail Clayton, who has dedicated her life to helping, to curing the uncurable patients that have gone to many different doctors without an answer. She seems to be the last resort. Many MDs, DOs refer patients to Dr. Clayton. Uh, she is the she is a pharmacist, a certified nutrition specialist with a doctorate in clinical nutrition. Gail is in private practice by telemedicine. She also teaches classes to the public and lectures to physicians. Dr. Clayton, if people want to find out more about you, tell us a little bit about what you do and how they could f- find you. Thanks, Dr. Carey. Um, you can find me at uh, drgailclayton.com. And if you're interested in learning more about toxic mold illness, you can go to molddetoxdiet.com where I have some courses on there um, to, uh, to help you recover from toxic mold. And then I also teach organic acids um, interpretation to practitioners and that's on nutritiify.com. Uh, or you can just email me at drgailclayton at gmail.com. And um, I see clients from all over the world. Uh, I specialize in toxic mold, autoimmune issues, neurological issues, and severe digestive dis- uh, disorders. Uh, give us an example of a patient that you've seen recently that's been referred, that's been to many different doctors, and uh, you were they came to you because you were the last resort last resort. And I'm sure when they're getting to you, they're, they're in pretty much dire straits. <laughs> I have quite a few of those, but one that kind of comes to mind and it reminds me of, you know, the approach that we should be taking um, it, to these chronic illnesses. It was a young man, um, maybe 40 years old and, uh, an athlete and 
athletes love to take supplements and he was taking all these so he loved to read about it and he loved nutrition so he was self self administering all these things because athletes want to put themselves in an anabolic state so that they can grow big and huge muscles and and it seems like they're always in competition to the person next to them and and um he had put himself in such a bad spot to where he had developed a pituitary tumor by by um, taking all kind of things and 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 um, he was seeing the endocrinologist and that that was wanting to schedule him for brain surgery to remove this tumor, and his prolactin levels was through the roof. It was like over eight hundred, and prolactin in men should be something like between two and twenty five or thirty, something like that, and so. Uh, a doc, one of the doc, his doctor that was seeing him had referred him to me and told him that, you know, I, maybe I could help him. And so I was looking at everything he was eating and his diet was very imbalanced and uh, eating a lot of very inflammatory foods and, and power drinks and this and that. And he was on many supplements that was really pushing his immune system too hard in a in a unhealthy direction and and I had to like look up all of the supplements he was taking and so I spent a couple of hours studying his case and and so I went over everything and I changed his diet to be uh, to the autoimmune paleo diet and I had him and the very first thing I said to him I said I don't know who's managing your supplements but you need to fire them and he laughed and he said, it was me. And I said, well, why are you taking it? He's like, well, I read this one does this and I read this one does that. And I said, yeah, it does that. But then you're taking all of these other things that do all this stuff. And, and I said, I think that you're your own worst enemy. So we stopped, I don't know how many supplements, but more than a dozen supplements and completely changed his diet. And so within, he kept emailing me, he's like, I'm losing weight, I'm losing weight. And I said, well, aren't you 50 pounds overweight? Then you want to lose weight? And he's like, yeah, but is this normal? He's like, I'm not trying. And I said, that's because being obese is basically inflammation. So he was losing his inflammation and losing his fat. And within four months, he went back to his endocrinologist. His prolactin level was two, went down from 800 to two and all his symptoms went away and his tumor disappeared. And so that was you know, uh, an interesting case. And he's always emailing me, can I take this supplement or can I take that supplement? I say, quit taking all those supplements and quit, quit um, uh, comparing yourself to the other men at the gym. You're not 25, you're 40 and be happy with your weight. You know, you're not going to be what you were when you're 25. Just be, try to focus on being the healthiest you and don't put yourself back in an anabolic state where you're going to start developing tumors again. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so that's one case that uh, recent that, you know, comes to mind that was, had a very, very outstanding outcome. Well, thanks for sharing that. So last, on uh, last week's show, we were talking about niacin, vitamin C, drinking hot liquids. If you, you know, you come down with a, an, a viral infection. So, you know, we, we were talking about that, but one thing we didn't speak about is mushrooms. How, how effective are mushrooms? A lot of times mushrooms are recommended for many different things. Uh, what's your opinion as far as uh, for helping the immune system and which mushrooms would be the best? 
Okay, so I do use mushroom therapy in my practice to help modulate the immune system. But before you even think about modulating the immune system, you have to find all the triggers that's causing the immune system to become polarized in a, in a direction. You have to assess the immune system and figure out which polarization your client or your patient is in. Okay, like, so, you know, changing the diet, and it takes about two weeks for the immune system to swing back into homeostasis of where it wants to be after removing triggers that are causing the, the driver of the immune system from, you know, uh, being out of whack. Okay, so then I, I, I like using the CBC. It's a very inexpensive looking at the differentials of the neutrophils, lymphocytes, monocytes, eosinophils, and basophils. That's a very simplistic uh, overview. Um, and, and it should be 60, 30, 8, and 2, like neutrophils 60, lymphocytes 30, monocytes 8, and maybe eosinophils 2 or less. And so when you see neutrophils go very high, then basically there's some type of infection going on and neutrophils are going into the tissue and, and trying to fight infection. And when lymphocytes are down and you have poor viral control. So there's different patterns that you can see that tells you what the immune system is doing. So I, when I see that the innate immune system isn't working properly, I like to use uh, mushroom therapy. One of my favorite is called uh, active hexose correlated compound is AHCC. And uh, it can, uh, it's a shiitake type mushroom and also Ganoderma. Those mushrooms can really push the innate immune system and, and, the, and stimulate the bone marrow to improve the lymphocytes production and uh, to go after pathogens. We were talking a little bit about mushrooms and about how to improve your immune system. And then we had a, uh, I got a text from a friend to ask their teenage daughter who plays competitive sports uh, is getting sick all the time. What are some of the things that we should look at? Because no matter, she seems to be the one that gets the cold the quickest. She gets the sickest the quickest. She had long COVID. What can we do to, to teenagers uh, to try to help them if they're getting sick a lot? Well, the first thing you want to do is look at the diet and cut out a lot of the processed foods. I know it's really hard in teenagers. You know, I, I like to have them follow the paleo diet, but when they're out with their friends, they're probably not going to be all that compliant, but try to clean up the diet as much as possible. And teenagers especially an athlete teenager, probably needs some professional electrolytes to help uh, support the, the osmolarity of the cells. They get dehydrated quickly, make sure they're drinking enough uh, fluids and not the diet, not the sodas fluids. But give us a brand of electrolytes that you like. Probably one of the best ones for cardiac function and uh, and brain health, I, li I like using Seeking Health uh, Optimal Electrolytes. Uh, one of, that's one of my favorite blunt brands uh, because it has ribose in it that helps with rapidly dividing cells. So when you're an athlete, you're breaking down 
muscle and rebuilding. And so the ribose is going to help with that. And any excess ribose will quickly feed the mitochondria and, and increase energy output. And it has taurine, which is very calming. And taurine is also an antioxidant for our red blood cells. So it helps if we're making a lot of oxidative stress, it helps protect it. It has some vitamin C and it has all of the minerals and the uh, electrolytes we need and a really good balanced formula. And it tastes pretty good too. So the a B complex, uh, teenagers are typically deficient in zinc, magnesium, and B6. So a B complex and then the, the electrolytes will have the magnesium and the sodium and potassium in it. And a good zinc supplement may be uh, warranted here. I don't typically give a uh, recommend for somebody young to be taking mushroom therapy because you can push your innate immune system too far in one direction. And when you're doing, if you're, if you're pushing your innate immune system with mushroom therapy or glutathione and antioxidants, and you start experiencing bone pain, that is a symptom that you've pushed your innate immune system too far because all of those lymphocytes are made in your bone marrow and then you can you know start feeling pain in your joints and your in your long bones when you're pushing it so you just back off a little bit but um good you know vitamin c antioxidants making sure she gets enough polyphenols in her diet is a good is a is a good place to start to support the the uh, immune system and energy production. So you're an expert in free radicals, and it's a very difficult topic to explain and for people to understand. So if you could explain the, the best that you can in the simplest form, what is a free radical? And why does the body make free radicals? Are they always bad? And when the body makes too much of them, what can they do to the body? How can it break down the body and make the body sick? Okay, so a free radical is basically a molecule that is unstable because all molecules like to have eight electrons in their outer shell. And so if it's missing one or two electrons, it's gonna go looking for an electron to steal from somewhere else, okay? So a free radical in the body can attach itself to a protein or DNA or something in the body and, and steal uh, a, an electron from, from it. And, and, and it can propagate a, a huge variety of problems. And the most dangerous free radical is the hydroxyl free radical. And mainly because that causes a lot of uh, problems on the cell membrane and it can damage the cell membrane and, and all those lipids. The cell membrane is mostly lipids. It has these lipid tails inside and that's where vitamin E likes to live and it swims in there and it protects the cell membranes from free radical damage. We can measure that uh, in labs uh, like malondialdehyde and in organic acids. We, we look at, uh, you know, a lot of different different things to assess free radical damage in the body. Um, there's different markers in the organic acid labs that help me assess the oxidation oxidative stress and um, and and uh, antioxidant status. So the body produces free radicals. They eat food. There's oxygen involved. Why do we need free radicals? Well. 
free radicals are generated as a byproduct of metabolism and the mitochondria probably creates the most free radicals than anywhere in the body and the free and so the antioxidants that are the the uh, uh, most concentrated in the mitochondria is glutathione and um, superoxide desmutase and we need all kind of nutrients for our bodies to make those antioxidants and we need the minerals and we need the amino acids and um, and, and, but our body makes free radicals also in the liver, in the detoxification process. Cause we have like in phase one, we're taking a, a, a fat soluble toxin and we have to, we have to make it more water soluble in order to excrete it in the urine or the, or the feces. So there's a reaction that happens and we create a free radical of that, of that toxin so that we can attach an amino acid, which is glycine. That's the most water soluble, um, simplest amino acid. And it attaches glycine to this toxin. So then it can easily be disposed of. And in that interim, we, if we're, if let's say that phase one is faster than that phase two, where we're attaching the, the glycine, we have this massive amount of free radicals. And that's why we need a lot of antioxidants to kind of help prevent those free radicals from damaging the liver and the rest of the body. But our body naturally creates free radicals. And then the immune system creates this massive oxidative reactive oxygen species to kill pathogens so not all free radicals are damaging and not and and then we have to have some of this free radical production in order for the immune system to work so with free radicals uh, oxidative stress it's like an apple and the apple turns brown that's a good example of uh, of free radicals and oxidation now if you use antioxidants like a lemon it could prevent the apple from turning brown. Correct, correct. So, I mean, and, and so it's pretty interesting. And so I guess the body does produce free radicals. It actually is kind of part of the immune system. You, you talked a little bit about the mitochondria. Just explain what the mitochondria is because for people that aren't sure what that is. Well, the mitochondria is nicknamed the powerhouse of the cell. That's where it the body will the liver will actually after we 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 process you know break down our foods and from digestion we're absorbing the nutrients from carbohydrates, proteins and fats in the liver and then it's taken into brought inside the cell and make energy out of it. So the end product is ATP, which is like gasoline is for our car. ATP is for the cell. And the more energy our cells produce, the more likely we are to stay young and stay healthy and have energy for everything we need to, to live our life. And if we're producing way too many free radicals, we damage the tissue, we shorten our lifespan, uh, we generate you know, even more free radicals. Uh, so what are some examples of top oxidizers to cause these free radicals is glucose. Take glucose, for example. Is that one of the biggest oxidizers, eating too much sugar? Well, it actually is, a, 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 when, especially for the eye. When glucose goes into the eye, 
and the eye doesn't have enough antioxidants, then glucose can get oxidized and then glucose can't leave. And then you end up with increased intraocular pressure, right? And so the eye is one of the highest sources of, of glutathione, which is the major antioxidant in the body. And, you know, I actually had had developed cataracts a year ago and I went to the optometrist and I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I'm going blind. I didn't know what was going on. I couldn't hardly read anymore. And he's like, oh, you have cataracts and you need surgery. And I'm like, oh, I just can't deal with that right now. And he says, well, you know, you have a ways to go. We can get you some glasses. I said, yeah, just give me some new glasses and I'll deal with this later. And he said, well, come back in six months. Well, being a nutritionist, I know that you know, I probably need some glutathione. And so I started taking rosemary, which really stimulates glutathione production. I did a detox protocol and, you know, went back on the autoimmune paleo diet, took lots of antioxidants. And then six, six months later, I went back to have my eyes checked. And he said, well, you no longer qualify for cataract surgery. Your vision has improved. So Antioxidants are really valuable for the eye to prevent oxidation of the glucose. Wow, that's that's something new to me. I, I I've never seen that with a patient, and I, I, that's that's pretty interesting. And you know, typically when we think about antioxidants, we think about cataracts. Not so much uh, when we think about oxidative stress. Rather, uh, we think about and free radicals. We think about cataracts. Not so much glaucoma. But that's interesting, but it, it would make sense. Uh, this is Dr. Kerry Gell for Open Your Eyes Radio on AM 1280, The Patriot. I am speaking with Dr. Gail Clayton at uh, drgailclayton.com. She's uh, tremendous with uh, nutrition. She's a registered pharmacist, certified nutritional, nutrition specialist. And we'll be back right after the break with more. MacuHealth, your science-born and tested solutions for visual performance, macular degeneration, and dry eye syndrome. New products coming soon. Embrace the science. We're back with Dr. Gail Clayton on Open Your Eyes Radio on AM 1280, The Patriot. Uh, look for our documentary called Open Your Eyes, the documentary on Amazon Prime and Apple TV. And the Open Your Eyes podcast is a new podcast is released every Monday morning wherever you get your podcasts. So we're back with Dr. Gail Clayton, and we, we're talking about oxidative stress, we're talking about free radicals, and really we're talking about improving your longevity. So what foods cause the most oxidative stress? That We, we talked about sugar, let's talk about the, the seed oils now. Okay, so we got to be very careful about the type of oils we use in cooking. Um, I, I typically try to use, uh, have my clients use ghee, uh, like an organic ghee and coconut oil. And um, if you can find a really good clean source of olive oil, and I found one at mygreekorchard.com, uh, my um, you know, I'd heard that many of the oils on the market are fraudulent. And, um, and now I don't know this to be a fact, but I had heard from um, other podcasts that had, I had listened to, like Mike Adams had a podcast on naturalnews.com about the, the uh, 
the oligarchs buying out all of the oil industry and using the byproducts from the oil industry and, and put them in, in cooking oils. Well, I had run some um, tests on myself and about a dozen of my clients on lipid peroxidation and looking at the lipids in the body. And all of us were eating very, very clean and using organic olive oil and organic avocado oils. And our lipid peroxidation was four times the reference range, way off the chart. And I was even having some chest pain. And we were all using the same organic avocado oil that we got at Costco. And so that's when I realized there's something wrong here. And uh, I contacted everybody and even put on my Facebook, quit buying commercial uh, oils unless you know the source is clean. And I changed over to only using coconut oil and organic ghee and problem resolved. And so you got to be very, very careful. And in some of these oils, you really want to, you never want to cook with canola oil. Um, it, and most of the oils have a very low smoke point and they're oxidized. So these oils, when they become oxidized, are very inflammatory in the body and very inflammatory to the cardiovascular system. And so, and then when you're looking at the omega-3s and omega-6s, which are essential in our diet, <clears throat> we want to have a healthy balance. Um, omega-6 is not a villain, uh, but you have to have it in a ba good balance with omega-3. That's why you should be eating fish two to three times a week to have that good omega-3, which is an anti-inflammatory, but you need to have a good balance between the inflammatory oil, the omega-6 that comes from our meats, and the omega-3s, which comes from avocado seeds and, um, and fish. And how are you as far as eating avocado itself? Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, I think it's a, a good product, uh, a good food to include in your diet. It's a really good, healthy source of omega-3 fats. And what was the name of that website again for the organic olive oil that you mentioned? It's called mygreekorchard.com. Uh, it was actually one of my clients uh, knew the guy, it was her neighbor or something. He owns the orchard in, 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 um, in um, Greece and, had, and imports it here. So I bought the first, I bought one bottle just to see, and I noticed the oil is greener and it has a much more pungent odor and taste than the oils that you get at the store. So it's not like I had it tested, but I felt like... Um, you know, it was different enough to make me believe that it might might be a, a much healthier oil. I don't know. I just re-ran my organic acid test and fatty acid test, and I haven't gotten my results back. But I'll, I'll be interested to see if the lipid peroxidation numbers have improved. I interviewed Dr. Chris Kenobi, who wrote a book on seed oils, who's a, who's a world expert on seed oils, and he agreed with you, agrees with you about olive oil being adulterated. I think it's pretty it's pretty common knowledge now that a lot of it is cut with different oils, especially maybe canola oil. So you really have to be careful. And a lot of the omega-6 oils are GMO and they're highly processed and have glyphosate in it. So, and it depletes, you know, vitamin C, E and A. So you know, I think it's something that we have to be careful. And something that I recently found out that I didn't know is that restaurants, when you go to a restaurant and they're cooking in oil, 
uh, they'll re they can reuse that oil every day up to two weeks and then it gets real brown and then they sell it and recycle it and then it's used for animal feed. So I think that's something that we have to be very careful with. I agree. I agree. It's kind of scary. I mean, you know, you can't live in a closet and, and you don't want to like just stop eating out forever. I think that if you really do your research and you eat really healthy, avoid the GMOs and use really good oils uh, at home, then, you know, then I, I just can't be bothered or worried about all the toxins and contaminants in this world that we're going to be exposed to. Our bodies are very, very good at detoxification and regeneration. And, um, you know, and I've known people living way well into their 90s that never bothered with any of that. <laughs> and so uh, I think if you just avoid the biggest, most obvious uh uh, culprits that you're probably going to be fine. And let's continue with some of the things that cause oxidative stress. Uh, if we have too much iron in our body. Yeah. Now iron, I can think, I think of iron supplementation just as dangerous as smoking. Okay. Because um, iron is, is quite inflammatory and can cause something in a body called the Fenton reaction. And the Fenton reaction is a reaction that, that creates hydroxyl radicals. And that's the most damaging free radicals in the body. Cigarette smoking causes it and also taking iron causes it. Um, and our body doesn't really have any mechanism from removing iron from the body at all. The only way is bloodletting. So, you know, women uh, that are having a menstrual period every month typically will release iron that way, but men have no way of removing iron except for donating blood. And so, but when I see somebody that has iron deficiency and I have them take iron, I always want to make sure they're taking plenty of antioxidants. I'm like, do not take iron unless you're taking glutathione. NAC, vitamin C, electrolytes, and minerals to help protect the body from the free radicals that's going to be generated. And what do you feel is the best uh, lab or blood test for iron? Do you feel it's ferritin? Well, you can't assess iron deficiency from one from one marker. There's like four markers. You have to do serum iron. You have to do the TIBC. You have to do ferritin and the iron saturation to look. Because normally what happens is you get a wellness lab like the CBC, and then it shows signs of iron deficiency, like maybe low hemoglobin, hematocrit, and the MCH or MCHC. Those may be a little on the low side. But Ferritin is a good marker. If the ferritin is 16 or less, then that is an automatic iron deficiency anemia and a very early sign of iron deficiency. But to really assess it, you need all four of those markers. And I'm concerned more about too much iron causing heart problems and you know oxidative stress and uh, causing different problems. So... You, you feel all of the, the tests, the hemoglobin, the blood iron, and ferritin, or at, to assess too much iron, would ferritin be enough? Ferritin high, well, okay, so 
all of those, those tests that I, I recommended was for iron deficiency. For iron overload is very, very different. You have to look at iron saturation and ferritin. High, very high ferritin may be a sign of iron overload. And then, then you want to look further as to, I would refer them to an endocrinologist at that point and, and assess to see if maybe they have hemochromocytosis. Um, and uh, then they would, that would need an endocrinologist to help manage that. And how about lack of minerals uh, causing oxidative stress, free radicals? So usually when somebody is deficient in one mineral, they're deficient in several minerals. And that almost always is due to poor digestion. You know, as we age, by the time we're 50, we only have 50% of the digestive capacity of an 18-year-old. And then, and then if we have a lot of stress in our life, the vagus nerve in the brain isn't sending the signal for digestion. That means motility, digestive enzymes, hydrochloric acid, and bile production. And so uh, typically what you'll see is problems with electrolytes and minerals. And so that, that to me, that means I need not only supplement with minerals, but you also wanna support the digestion and have somebody really work an hour a day at some kind of brain retraining, lowering that cortisol response, lowering that stress response, so the vagus nerve can start sending the signal for digestion again. So the body has some natural antioxidants, and, uh, and this may be some argument, which is the most important, whether it's glutathione or it's melatonin. But a lot of people who are listening to this don't never heard of glutathione. And as we get older, the body produces less glutathione. And it's one of the reasons why, you know, people eventually pass away. So talk about glutathione and the importance of it in the body and how we could increase glutathione to make us to make that natural antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, uh, and to help keep us to help our longevity? Okay, uh, that's a good question. Glutathione is the body's major antioxidant. And um, we want to always make sure we have plenty of it. Glutathione covers our red blood cells and protects them from oxidative damage. You know, our red blood cells don't have a mechanism of repair and they last for about four months. So the whole surface of it is covered with glutathione to help protect it. And if we have a major assault of a chemical or some type of major toxin, you know, even like radiation poisoning, everybody's heard about radiation poisoning. We can, we can uh, sop up our antioxidants very, very quickly. And, um, and, and leave our body open to oxidative damage. That's why radiation poisoning can kill you because it sops up our antioxidants and then, then the radiation starts damaging all the cells in the body. So to, to, to regenerate glutathione, glutathione is made in our body, but we also get it from our diet too. So how we make it is there's, it's made from three amino acids, cysteine, glycine, and, gluta, and, and glutamine. And those are the major backbones, but we also need certain B vitamins, B2, B3, 
in order to make it. And B6 is in the pathway to kind of get there. So we need all of those B vitamins on board. And then minerals, we need zinc and selenium for helping to recycle the glutathione. And so um, there's a lot of nutrients involved in, in making glutathione. There's some things that we can do to really boost glutathione. Um, one thing that, uh, that, that can boost glutathione 700% is coffee enemas, you know? So you can like just brew a pot of coffee and give yourself an enema every once in a while and it stimulate it, it helps get rid of toxins because it helps pull the bile out of the, the colon. And then, so then the, the liver will pull cholesterol out of the bloodstream into the liver to make more bile and the fats and the, to the toxins are stored in the fat cells. So that kind of helps get rid of the toxins, but then it also stimulates glutathione production. Polyphenols are very good and rosemary. I mean, if you have a rosemary bush in your yard, you should be cutting it off and taking those, the little needles off and in including a teaspoon every day. Um, that's what I did when I had like problems with cataracts is that that's one of the things I did is, is started taking rosemary extract and rosemary extract will stimulate glutathione production, but just a good source of polyphenols, a good healthy diet. But one thing about glutathione, everybody always thinks about throwing a supplement at it to increase their weight is, is if you're assessing labs and you're seeing like really high TGF beta, uh, which is an inflammatory marker, what's happened, what happened, then, then you're going to automatically assume that glutathione is low because to make TGF beta, you need nine cysteine residues. So it's pulling all the cysteine to make TGF beta. And so that's going to usually the limiting amino acid and making glutathione. So you need to be supplementing with NAC to help with that cysteine. And, um, you know, really high GGT means that you have high oxidative stress. You know, there's oxidative markers in the organic acids that, so when the oxidative stress goes up, you want to like automatically assume that glutathione is, is, is low. So you want to look at all of the things that's causing oxidative stress. You know, if you're living in a house with toxic mold, that's one of the most common reasons for high oxidative stress in the body. And many houses have toxic mold, mold growing in, had a water leaf, roof leak, or leak under a sink that wasn't, you know, ripped out, ripped out all the stuff or mold growing in the air conditioner units can make you very, very sick and really deplete your glutathione. And so, uh, you know, herbs and spices and NAC is something really, really helpful to help increase glutathione production. You mentioned rosemary extract. Can you just eat the rosemary or does it have to have an extract? Absolutely. If you go to the store, you'll see it has those little rosemary needles in the, in the, in the thing. I just, I take it and I just put it on, uh, on whatever I'm cooking. I mean, you can take a capsule that basically what they did is they dried the, the rosemary needles and, and uh, put it in a food processor and filled the capsule. So you can do it that way. Or if you have a rosemary bush, um, just go and get rosemary and put it in everything you cook. SOD and catalase are also the body produces as natural antioxidants. Is, is that something that we should take? Is that something we should be thinking about? Well, you, 
I always want to make sure that we have the minerals for the SOD. So inside the mitochondria, it's manganese, and in the in the um, in the uh, cytosol, it's 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 copper. So you want to make sure that your mineral status is high. That's why I say in complex illnesses, I'm always thinking that they don't have enough antioxidants because the, once the barriers are breached, that's when you start having symptoms. And the antioxidants are what protects all our barriers, like in our lung and our gut and our sinuses and uh, in our blood brain barrier. So many times you'll have people exposed to the same toxins and you're the only one sick, you know, and, and everybody else is looking at you like you're crazy. You, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. You know, I'm, I'm being exposed to the same stuff, but once the, the antioxidants in the body are depleted, then the barriers can get breached. And that's when you start having illnesses. So you want to make sure that you sure always keep the antioxidant status very short up in the body. How about taking liposomal glutathione? Liposomal glutathione is supposed to be much better absorbed because glutathione is poorly absorbed uh, orally and the liposomal kind of bypasses that because fat absorption is very different from the rest of the uh, nutrient absorption that goes in through the lymph. And um, so it's supposed to have much superior absorption. Now, since glutathione is poorly absorbed from the gut, you know, you can look at other, other routes. So you can get IV glutathione. They're quite expensive. Um, and back when I was sick um, and I, before I changed professions to nutritionists and I, uh, I was getting glutathione pushes and I was like, wow, that's so expensive, but they really made me feel better. And as a pharmacist, I knew the bioavailability of the rectal route is very similar to the IV. So I just got some little three ml syringes and threw away the needle, pulled out the barrel and filled it up with one ml of a pharmaceutical grade glutathione powder and pulled it up uh, one cc of, of, of fluid and shook it. It's very water soluble and insert it rectally and it has, you know, very high bioavailability. So I was saving myself a hundred and something dollars for each glutathione shot I gave myself. You can also so make a topical lotion, um, and you can also do it as a nebulized, nebulized solution. As we're finishing up, Dr. Clayton, uh, just quickly about melatonin, the importance of melatonin, and in about 30 seconds. Well, melatonin, as nicknamed the hormone of darkness, that's the body's major antioxidant when we're sleeping. And so melatonin peak production is at age nine. And by the time we're like 60, we're making negligible amounts. That's why, you know, we end up with chronic uh, illness and end up getting lots of diseases when we're older and infections easier because we don't have that. So I've used, I use melatonin as an antibiotic personally, and um, it can be, you know, it's actually a, a mirror images of hydroxychloroquine and it's a fantastic antibiotic and I've used it for that. I want to thank Dr. Gail Clayton for joining me today. She's a wealth of knowledge. We could go on for hours and hours and hours and we're going to have her come back if she's kind enough to come back. Gail, if people want to find out more about you, they want to become your patient. How could they do that? Um, you can go to my website at www.drgailclayton.com 
and you can sign up for a free 15-minute complimentary phone call, and we'll talk about what it takes to work with me, and um, I'll get you uh, signed up. Well, this is Dr. Kerry Gell for AM 1280, The Patriot. Until next week on Open Your Eyes Radio, I want to thank everybody for listening. Have a very, very healthy day. Your eyes and your vision are under attack, damaging blue light from the sun. Your phone, your computer, your tablet, even light bulbs and car headlights is constantly bombarding you. The good news is our eyes actually already have a line of defense to counter the effects of blue light. This defense is made up of three pigments called carotenoids. MacuHealth with Micromicel, the only supplement with the exclusive patent on all three macular carotenoids and Micromicel technology. Fitting multifocal contact lenses presents a big opportunity to meet patient needs while growing your practice. Alcon is your partner not only with our innovative portfolio, but through e-learning. Learn to enhance your multifocal strategy today with the Alcon Experience Academy. OIE Broadcasting is the emerging leader in social media. We use scientific entertainment to drive more patients into your office. Visit OIEBroadcasting.com and sign up today.